classes. Well, we uh, continue and finish, uh, in fact, the four-part series of Christmas messages that uh, I've been bringing the last uh, two or three weeks, focusing on what ought to be the believer's favorite theme, that is worship. Oh, worship the King. We first looked at worshiping uh, the Lord because Jesus is worthy of our praise. Uh, We talked about who he is, what he has done. Then we looked uh, at the wise men. Jesus is worthy of our gifts, or that is what we give, what we offer to him. And of course, that begins with our hearts, and uh, and it plays out in our, our time, talents, and treasure. This morning, we looked at he is worthy of our service, serving him. And to serve the Lord means to make him known to other people, to the lost by way of the gospel, as well as to one another, sharing with one another, fellowshipping with with, uh, one another, edifying one another. This evening, as you can see in your bulletin, if you have that, Jesus is worthy of our testimony, our witness of him and to the world of who he is. If you'd make your way to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, going to do... bring a little bit different style of message this evening. Uh, instead of reading the, uh, the passage uh, and then preaching from it, I'm going to uh, share each point as I read that particular, um, those particular verses, if you follow that. So a little bit different style of sermon delivery called homiletics, uh, for you who, uh, who uh, want to know that uh, term. It's the actual art, science and art of sermon delivery. So a little bit different this evening. I'm going to share the point and we'll read those verses associated with that point. You all follow? Everybody on board? You're excited about this too, aren't you? Okay, good. (laughs) I am too. I sure hope it preaches. (laughs) The first point, letter A, if you're taking notes. The angels testified of Christ. The angels testified of Christ. Did I tell you the text? Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. Verses 8 through 14, the angels testified of Christ. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very much afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And by the way, parenthetically, isn't it a great thing kindness of the Lord. If an angel or a host of angels appear to you and start speaking, the first thing they say is, settle down, don't be afraid. That's a good thing. Amen. And so the Lord knows that we are just just creatures. We're just dust. And so he he cares for us even in our, our weakened state. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, or toward men of goodwill, maybe it would be a a good way to translate it. Now, as you know, angels are God's messengers, his servants. And in, in this case, they brought a message. Um, The English composer, James Montgomery, understood this. He was orphaned as a child, as a small child, uh, and when he grew up, he became one of the writers for a British newspaper. This is 200 years ago, 200 plus years ago. 
And in studying this particular passage, verses 13 and 14 specifically, uh, during uh, that time as a young adult, he was so inspired by the imagery of the text that he wrote a poem. A few years later, that poem was set to music, and it was first sung in a church setting in, on Christmas Day, December 25th, 1821. And so tomorrow, 202 years ago, it was first debuted, Angels from the Realms of Glory, Wing Your Flights or All the Earth. You who sang creation story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. And so the angels testified as to who Christ is and what he came to do to set his people free. Secondly, letter B, the shepherds testified of Christ. The shepherds testified of Christ. Look at verse 15 through verse 20, if you would. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which, the, uh, which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered, marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The shepherds testified of Christ. Now think about this. Other than the Lord himself, it doesn't get much more celestial than angels. But juxtaposed uh, with, with the glory of the angelic host is the humble, lowly, profoundly terrestrial shepherds. These were guys who were uh, out in the field uh, staying all night, keeping watch over the flocks, uh, some dirty animals, uh, sleeping out in any kind of weather, uh, and in fact, depending upon what they were doing with the sheep, often they were, de they were declared to be unclean, that is the shepherds. So they could not partake uh, and participate in religious life. What, to, what a, an extreme contrast with the angels and then immediately the shepherds um, and how one and all are proclaiming the great news of Christ's birth uh, to all who would listen. Now think about this also. Uh, what was their job? They were shepherds, tending sheep. Where were they located? Bethlehem. How far is Bethlehem from Jerusalem? A stone's throw. And so you have all kinds, flocks and flocks of sheep, very close to Jerusalem. 2,000 years ago, what do you imagine was the ultimate destination for those sheep? Sacrifice. These were being prepared for the Day of Atonement, uh, for the, the uh, multiple sacrifices. So right there in that picture, you have shepherds, of course, with the, uh, with the backdrop of the Lord Jesus himself, according to Hebrews 13, 20, the great shepherd of the sheep. And you have the sheep, and according to John the Baptist in John 1, 29, who said, behold, the Lamb of God, 
who takes away the sin of the world. And so there's all kinds of imagery going in the, on there of theological um, instruction about who Christ is and what he came to do. So the angels testified of him. The shepherds testified of him. Thirdly, if you'll notice, in verses 21 through 24, the parents testified to him. Or you could say Joseph and Mary testified of him. Verse 21, and when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, who was so named by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. You say, wait a minute, Joseph and Mary didn't say anything. Oh, what they did uh, spoke volumes. They were, they were uh, proclaiming loudly of who this is and that they were going to keep the law to the letter of the law for Christ was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin which meant he need to he was required to keep the Mosaic law in every jot and tittle every aspect of it and from eight days old and on in fact from before that uh, but this is the first example of him having a law that had to be kept and in fact him meeting the letter of the law because you did not, right? You haven't kept the law perfectly. You have broke the Ten Commandments. You have violated the will of God, as have I, a, a myriad of times. And yet he, as the Redeemer, redeems all who will trust in him. But the only way he could be the Redeemer is for him to be tested and tried in every point of the law, pass the test, be sinless, be impeccable, so that he and he alone would be the perfect substitute for sinners. Aren't you thankful? Amen. Mary and Joseph, it was testified uh, uh, that they did that. Uh, they testified that they did that through the keeping of the law. And then you'll notice in verses 25 through 35, 25 through 35, Simeon testified of Christ. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was righteous, devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, before he had seen Messiah. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law. Now notice, uh, notice the intersection. Mary and Joseph are bringing him from Bethlehem. Simeon is, has been told by the Spirit that he is going to stay alive until he sees Messiah. And God providentially brought about that intersection exactly at the right time. Folks, this is the Word of God. This is the inspired, inerrant Word of God. Amen? And we see the truth of God being played out right before our eyes in this text. Then took he up, verse 28... Uh, in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many. 
in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Simeon testified of Christ. Likely, this worker in the temple was an older, uh, elderly gentleman because he had been told, you're not going to die yet, you're not going to die yet, you're not going to, until you see Messiah. And in fact, he did see him. Now, why was Simeon included in this encounter with Christ? Why Simeon? Well, think about it. Only a few people saw all the angels, so that testimony really wasn't experienced by one and all, certainly not by the religious leaders in Jerusalem. And the shepherds, who's going to believe them? They're just shepherds. <laughs> They're unclean folks. And so we don't, we don't care what they have to say. I'm speculating, but it could be that. Mary and Joseph, well, uh, they've got an angle to work. After all, she's great with child and delivered, and they're not married. Oh, my, we have problems here. And so they're discounted as unclean, uh, as unfit. But Simeon, a statesman, if you will, in the temple, he'd been there a long time. He was trustworthy. He was credible. He was ethical. He was respected and revered by one and all, or he would not have been allowed to serve in that way. And so the Lord said in so many words, I'm letting the family know. I'm letting the down and outers know, but I'm letting the religious elite know. And I'm giving them firsthand testimony as well through one of their own, Simeon. And so the Lord wanted that testimony to be given to that particular demographic. Simeon testified that the Lord Jesus is that savior for all mankind, notice in verse 32, if you're looking at the text, it says, a light for the Gentiles, the glory of Israel. For God so loved the world, Jew and Gentile, young and old, whatever religious background, whoever will hear the message of the gospel that Jesus says, and you need a savior and you need forgiveness, and whoever will call upon him in faith, in fact, will be redeemed for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Romans 10 13 and so the uh, Simeon in the temple testified now notice in verse 35 if you're you're looking at the text he said to Mary didn't say it to Joseph likely uh, because well not because the spirit of the spirit of God knew that Joseph would not be around uh, at the time that that uh, Mary was going to be uh, so uh uh, so uh, hurt in her, in her soul uh, when Jesus is crucified. Uh, almost certainly Joseph had already died. So he said to Mary that your own soul is going to be pierced. The word there is javelin. It's where we get the English word javelin. A javelin is going to go through your soul when you see what happens to this baby ultimately. And in fact, that is exactly what happened as Mary was in anguish as she saw her firstborn child, her firstborn son, hanging on that cross, paying sin's penalty, though not for his own sin, but for your sin and for my sin. What a testimony. He is worthy of folks talking about him and bragging about him and and sharing him with a lost and dying world. Folks, we have a story to tell to the nations Jew and Gentile. 
which will turn their hearts to the right if they'll but hear and believe. And then finally, fifthly, in verses 36 through 38, Anna testified of Christ. You have the angels. You have uh, the, uh, the, the shepherds. You have Mary and Joseph and Simeon and now Anna in verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity and she was a widow of about eight, uh, four score and four years. In other words, she was 84 years old. She'd been married for seven years since she was a young adult and he'd been dead a long, long time. She was now 84, so uh, maybe she had been widowed for, for some 60 years, uh, give or take. Uh, this is a, an elderly stateswoman in the temple serving who had been widowed all that time. And, uh, and it said in verse, 30, uh, uh, verse 37, widow of 84 years, who departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer day and night, and she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Oh, you want to know about the Savior? You want to know about God's deliverance? Let me tell you. She testified because, folks, if you know and claim the Lord Jesus, he's worthy of you witnessing for him. Amen? He's worthy of it. And person after person and situation after situation in and around the time of the birth of Christ testified of his greatness. This 84-year-old senior saint witnessed to everyone. She took one look at the baby Jesus and having been given a prophetic utterance, if you will, as to his identity, identity she instantly exploded in praise and testimony of redemption a savior is here and so this evening christmas eve do you have a clear testimony of christ that is you know who he is you know what he's done you know that you have believed or maybe you know that you haven't truly believed and that even this evening this would be the time of salvation for you if you already know christ if he's already in your heart folks he's worthy of you sharing that. You know, you've heard, you've heard people um, say, uh, hey, uh, see you later, keep the faith. That's bad counsel. Don't keep the faith. Spread it around. Spread it around. Tell others the good news that Christ has come and that you can have life, abundant life, if you'll but call upon him. This evening, we are going to testify. We're all going to testify who know him and partake of the Lord's table, the bread and the juice. Because 1 Corinthians 11 says, we're to do this in remembrance of him till he come. We're to, uh, in fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 11 that we are to show the Lord's death. And the word show there means to proclaim. If you look in your Greek New Testament, it's the word for proclaim. Make a proclamation of what Christ has done and do so until he returns as long as you have uh, breath. And so tonight, we're going to be giving a testimony. If someone tomorrow, uh, next week at work, asks you, what did you do this Christmas? You can say legitimately, on Christmas Eve, I proclaimed 
what Christ has done. Oh, how'd you do that? Did you go to the street corner? Did you, uh, did you get on the radio? No, I observed the Lord's table. Because observing the Lord's table is in essence saying, Lord, I believe you. I've trusted you. Uh, I am I'm depending on you, and I'm partaking of this bread to remember what you've done. I'm receiving this juice to remember your shed blood to pay the penalty for my sin. You are testifying. But you only observe this once a month or, or once every uh, periodically. The Lord calls us to testify of his worth every day, all of our opportunity to do it. Doesn't the word say that for the people of God? Mm. God help us. <clears throat> Go you therefore and be a witness. Yes, it does. And that's the word for testimony. It's like if you were on uh, 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 in, in the examining chair at, uh, in, in a court case. It's that very concept. It's that very idea of witnessing of what you have experienced. That's all the shepherds did. That's all the angels did. We're just doing what we've been told to do. That's what the wise men did. That's what Joseph and Mary did. It's what Simeon did, what Anna did, and what we are called to do as well, to testify of his greatness. So, as you partake of, of the bread and the juice, do so recognizing you are showing what he has done for you. You're believing it, and you're letting others know that you believe it. Well, let's let others know that we believe that in the workplace, in the schoolyard, in the neighborhood, among family. Let's do show, proclaim, testify of the Lord's work until he calls us home. Lord, I'm thankful for your word. And it wasn't by accident that in these 30 verses or so, give or take, there was example and there is example after example of those who testified about who you are and what you have done, why you came, why they need you, and your glory, your majesty, your kindness, your forgiveness, your sacrifice, all of this, there was testimony attached to it in your first coming, in the first advent. And Lord, you've left us here in these days to make a difference for the cause of Christ. May we do just that and tell others the good news of the gospel that Jesus saves, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so be glorified in and through our lives as we trust and obey. And Lord, that you'd move in, uh, in our hearts now as we receive uh, the elements of the table that uh, truly our hearts would be very much yielded to you all our days, even afresh and anew right now. Lord Jesus, in your name we do pray.